Wait, he was in a movie called Sh- uh, Sugar Town. Sugar Town. He was. Yeah, he was good in that. All right, all right. Well, we can save this all for the Duran Duran podcast. Save it all. It was yeah. a pretty good movie. It was. Save a prayer. I remember his scene with the kid, and the kid was talking about Marilyn Manson, and he was like, oh, warmed over Alice Cooper, man. <laughs> seen it before. <laughs> Michael DeBar. Uh, are we recording? Sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, we are We are recording. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Fantastic. Sitting here with two tremendous Los Angeles-based comic talents, two master improvisers. Standing ovation for these my friends in real life. Yes, Seamus McCarthy. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. And Mike Cohen. Hello, everyone. And across from me, across from the table, super producer, making everything sound really nice. Super producer Richard Sheltinga. Say hi, Richard. (laughs) Larchmont is under attack Uh, That's okay We don't have to hold for a plane or helicopter I'm just glad the LAPD is doing their job There's a high speed car chase going through the farmer's market On Larchmont right now So you know Some black market rescue dogs being sold KCAL 9 is filming it I honestly thought you were piping that in for mood you should all there should always be an LA helicopter. That's just the mood. Yeah. I live in a neighborhood that is literally under assault at all times. So right. it means nothing to anybody. Like just over your apartment every night at two o'clock in the morning, like, oh, at least they're out there. Thank God. Thank, it God. Would, thank God they care. It would serve as an all city sound machine. So we'd all just fall asleep <laughs> together. Just like an ambient sound, right. like a late night restful sleep. Well, my favorite thing is when you look up in the skies of Los Angeles and you see police helicopter doing the tight circle, and then you see four different local news copters. Yeah. Right. Captain Stu from KCAL. Mm-hmm. You know to turn the TV on. Yeah. Because something's going down. Yeah. And it's in your neighborhood. And hopefully it's a high-speed chase, and hopefully they come through your fucking street. I, I hope that this like police copter over the, the farmer's market is because somebody didn't bring a recyclable bag. <laughs> and so like the cops are just like, fuck you, fuck that. You're the on, large you're on cops. TV. Yeah, the Larchmont cops. Large the cops. most the most well-funded police department in Southern California. How dare you try to sell this kombucha for less than $10? What are you thinking? Plastic bag? <laughs> Plastic straws? <laughs> they are armed with organic bullets. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give you guys the game of the Brando cast. It's really, really simple. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read you the history of a band that you might not know, you might not like, maybe you like, maybe you're ambivalent about it, but we're going to just see where the discussion goes because I'm going to read you the history of a band that I think it's one of the most important bands in the history of rock and roll. A band that trendsetters, a band that influenced thousands and thousands of young dudes to cheese out and <laughs> use hairspray and put on spandex and things they wouldn't have done maybe otherwise. Used, yeah. Maybe things they some, would not have done some otherwise. lipstick. Not okay. like Led Zeppelin kind of influence, but okay. like, oh, these guys are hmm. I and don't then, know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most important I, bands in the history of rock and roll. Hey guys. Ladies and I, gentlemen. It's rats. Yes! Did you guys just listen to rat? I, I feel inspired to cheese out. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get a prize for recognizing the song like within like one measure of music? 
Like he just like by one, two, three, four, five, I was like, oh, rat, round and round. I believe you get a band Okay, nice. Rats is an American heavy metal band that had significant commercial success in the 1980s. The group is perhaps best known for its signals. For its signals? <laughs> yeah. Jesus metal signals. Signals. The group is perhaps best known for its hit singles. Play it down and round and round. Originally formed in Hollywood back in 1983 or so. Good lord. I am just, I am fucking up. Right now. <laughs> no, man. I, you're just, <laughs> I'm struggling to read. I've been reading my entire life, no, and I can't man. read the words on this piece of paper. Words are hard. Help me there's, like 20, there's 26 letters in the alphabet, and they're hard to keep track of. It's a very forgivable word. <laughs> get, what Brendan was trying to say was, originally formed in the Hollywood back in the hard rock scene of the 70s, which included many, many lineup changes, Brett finally settled in on the Classic lineup around 1983, featuring Stephen Percy on vocals, Robin Crosby and Warren DiMartini on guitars, Juan Crucier on bass, and Bobby Biotzer on drums. Biotzer. Biotzer. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, Rat! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mike Cohen, for picking wow. up. Way to jump in there and save <laughs> the podcast. Really incredible. Yeah, really. We were we were a man down there for a minute. Yeah, he and that man was the host. <laughs> so like you know, when like I can fuck up because like oh, I I'm never God. coming back. This is my one time here. <laughs> But the host, I guess. and he couldn't read. I guess my guess is that you typed out the thing that you couldn't read. <laughs> so you had you had previous experience with the piece of paper. <laughs> and and I made big font so oh, my eyes could see good it. Idea, that's a good idea. I think I just had a brain glitch, guys. That's good. That's good. Hey, once you cross a certain age. Because mm. you guys are both like a couple ticks younger than forty six. I'm okay. twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you can edit out my age, right? Oh I'm my goodness. Going out for a Miller Light commercial on Tuesday. Oh so yeah, yeah. You can't be in your forties for a Miller <laughs> no, Light commercial. No, no. <laughs> you want me to wear shackles to that? You want me to Because once you're in your forties, you only drink rosé. Like nobody drinks beer anymore in your forties. You can't be a guy in your 40s at a pool party in a Miller Lite commercial. You, you can just put a period. You can't be a guy in your 40s at a pool party. <laughs> could take, you could take out pool, too. Just You can't be a guy in your 40s at a party. You can't be a guy in your 40s. You cannot period. drive through the desert with your friends if you're in your 40s. Like every car commercial is right. yes, just people driving. Young yeah. people driving through the desert. Young people going to Joshua Tree in a, in a Toyota or a Volkswagen. Four guys coming home from the desert in their 40s is a car of regret, recrimination, and like two of those dudes are never talking again. Can we, uh, one year from now, can we do an anniversary podcast where the four of us drive back from Joshua Tree? I just went to Joshua, uh, Joshua Tree for the first time. You did? Yeah. To camp? Uh, I went to uh, a friend of mine, um, it's Beth Russell. We also oh, know yeah, yeah. love it. She uh, hosted a, um, a, a retreat at uh, the Hicksville Trailers. I don't know the Hicksville Trailers. Hicksville, they do, and they let you know with, with a lack of. It's like old school, like Tra- air streamings. Air streams, right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they won't let you post about it online or stuff like that. They're really trying wow. to keep it. 
Um, but they let you do podcasts about it. <laughs> Hicksville and Joshua Tree make your reservations. Today. Yeah, man. Fuck their anonymity, man. <laughs> they, don't, they, they don't have an Instagram account? No, they don't. And they don't want you wow. to geotag, as they call it. But, like, the fucking toothpaste is out of the tube. We are alive right now. No matter how many... <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no going back. This is the world. Right. Wow. And I guess they're expecting their clientele to, like, not talk to other people. Right. Um, wow. So, and the All thing... Right. It's a, it's a, they do a great thing. But my, the reason I bring it up is because um, my wife and Al, uh, Allison and I were there, and we drove into town to get coffee, and we just, you need a break from. Of course, from, from Hicksville. Things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> fucking like a decent bathroom. Anyway, mm-hmm. so as we're driving, like, how do you live here and not be crazy? I, like, I, I have of- never understood desert people, and I spent a good chunk of my life in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right. Desert people scare me. Of yeah. all the different classes of mm-hmm. people in America, mountain people, river people, yep. city people, rural people, desert people scare the fuck out of me. Yeah, man. Because I think the sun burns your brain. Burns your brain. Yes. And you wanted to live there in the first place to get away from everybody. Take a weekend and then go back to people. <laughs> because, like, everything shouldn't be easy. Like, it should be hard to do some things. You're like, oh, okay, great. Everything can't be rest. Right. I feel like you can die any day if you live in the desert. Y- yeah. And court it with <laughs> drugs in your 40s and well, on. Well, like, then there's that. Yeah. Is, there, is that going on out in Joshua Tree? Because I don't... Is there like a little meth community out there that I don't know about? Well, if there isn't, they're they're certainly selling it as if there is. There there is a meth community, but they don't let you Instagram about <laughs> the meth community. They they don't let you. Right, no, they don't let you geotag. They're it's a thing out there, man. Yeah, I get it. I get respect the community though. When you because I felt I am a, clearly a visitor among you people, and I will partake of your customs, and I will leave. How many nights were you guys at Hicksville? Friday to Sunday. Uh-huh, nice. And Friday would have been fine. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I am. Was there hiking during the day in Joshua If Tree? you wanted it, but like, I was mm. like, fuck that, man. There are mm. fences here. Like, yeah. I, like, <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. I'm a hotel person. I enjoy like leaving a place and coming back. Like, holy shit, someone made my bed. Yeah. I, I, you know, but the first night was awesome. That second I'm like, oh, fuck, we're still here, huh? In an Airstream. Did you, yeah, and, Al- we, did and, you we, and Allison have your own Airstream? We did, but we got the shittiest one. Mm. Because we, uh, full disclosure, Allison uh, booked it with Beth. They're, we're all really good friends. And like, it, it was a delightful time. It's just, I am a pain in the ass. Um, but like, she booked it and they're like, oh, it's the last one. It's a nice one, but it's just the smallest. And we got in there and like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But like, it did so feel. So you open the door and the bed's right, right there. You, oh, yes, and the door into the bed. Uh-huh. Um, and a little bathroom in the No, airstream? communal bathroom. Communal bathroom. Like a porta potty? Like a nice no, porta potty? No, no. It was like a nice, like, um, like a bathroom at a, like, a, like a, a shitty Y. <laughs> the, the, bathroom, wow. the bathroom at the Hollywood Y is... <laughs> A lot of it's, old nude dudes. Oh, my so God. So many wrinkly balls. Old Russian dudes. They're, they're <laughs> at, being naked. naked at all times. Don't they love it? They, they, but they, they old Russian, and this is maybe racist for me to say, but Russia's old Russian race. men at the Y fucking love being naked. Yes. And the older they are, the more, yes. the longer they want to be naked. Oh, just, just, yes. And then they, they just go from hot box to toilet 
to sauna. Oh. To, it's, it is just creating nothing but biohazards. It is, it's a thing. It's just, it's just, it's a thing. Do they let you Instagram that stuff? <laughs> like, is, is that something you can geotag old Russian guy? Geotag. I've never tough. had, I've never had the guts to whip out a, a phone and take a photo of a naked Russian man. Speaking of naked dudes, the band Rat, popular in Los Angeles in the early 1980s. Well, why not? I play Round and Round again after years of slugging it out in Hollywood clubs. Rat released their first self-titled EP in July of 1983. However, it was the first full-length LP for Atlantic Records. This was 1984's Out of the Cellar that put Rat... On the heavy metal map. The album included One and Man, Back for More, and Round and Round. Do you guys remember where you were when you first heard Round and Round? Seamus McCarthy. I was uh, out here. My mom and my stepdad were out here, and I had my own television in my bedroom, which had uh, MTV. That's nice. Yeah. So I would, I, it, MTV and Sports Channel. That's so all would, you need as a as a young dude. Yeah. That's all you that's, need. You just need some yeah, videos, today. and you need to watch like Formula One racing on Sports <laughs> Channel, which is all they had. And I remember that video, and I remember is it Milton Berle? That's Milton Berle. Yes. Uh, he. Uh, so I'm. I was watching. It, it was when you're a kid. You're like, oh, you know, that's the guy who isn't Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so like, you know, Jerry Lewis, yep. and then, you know, like there's a, another guy like that right. who isn't Jerry mm-hmm. Lewis and Milton. But has basically the same level of fame right. that you're not hooked into, but you do know he is famous. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. you're like, oh, the, you know, my grandparents thought this guy was very, and I'm sure he was very funny and a very, I'm just, it's surprising that as a comedic actor, I'm not very familiar with Milton Berle. But so there's this metal right. video with like the guy who's not Jerry Lewis. And it was like these two very disparate worlds that were just fused into this one music And video. basically the first video for the band. They weren't even famous. Wow. But, but Milton Berle was in because I believe yes. that Milton Berle was the uncle of Rat's manager. So Rat's manager was the nephew of, of Milton Berle. Of Milton Berle. Is that the math? That is, that is the family math. Yes, that's the family is, math. I believe that, that that was the deal. So is that nepotism or is that nepotism once removed? Like, how does the family tree, like, what I is I think that? it's like Uncle Milty. Uncle I'm, Milty. I'm, I'm, I'm but managing this band. They're really great. I think they're going to go somewhere. Can you We're making a video. That Seder Would you mind? where he asked <laughs> his uncle <laughs> how to bring this up. Because clearly this kid was the, the black sheep of the Burl family. Because Seders, Seders are like, for Jews, Seders are right. like your the Italians, when your daughter gets married, Sunday any, dinner. Family. Anybody can come to you and ask a favor, and you have to say yes. Oh, that, that I don't rule? know, but that's know. a great. Is that I'm, the rule? I'm on a podcast, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, during Seder, if you ask your um, Jewish uncle for a I favor, have this amazing he has band to say that yes. I'm managing, they're called Rat. Uh, they're no, five wild. <laughs> why are you sitting next to me, kiddo? I'll only do it if there's it's, two it's, T's in Rat. <laughs> if there's one T, I ain't doing it. How do they spell their name? What's oh. a video? <laughs> <laughs> 
you're going to be dressing and you're going to do the drag bit too. Okay. Well, I, yes, it's in my writer. <laughs> I've been doing drag since before there was television. You know, I what was this is I'm having another senior moment. Oh, I've had, I'm having a lot senior. of senior moments. But what was Milton Berle really famous for? Stealing jokes and having a huge dick. Stealing jokes. Yeah, Milton Berle was. I a know the famous dick part. I do know the joke dick part. stealer. No and would, shit. He would pay afterwards and then sometimes not pay. But like he was known what? as like, and he would do the thing of like, he'd steal a comedian's joke. He was like, I just made you famous. And like, kind of like put people's face in it. Oh, yeah. no yeah. shit. From what, yeah. And this goes back, I believe, to like the vaudeville days. Because okay. those guys, like right. George Burns and all those guys, yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. oh, no. He was like the Carlos Mencia. Oh, it's getting really oh, okay. no, well, it's controversial okay. here. No, so no, just turn okay. on the air no, conditioning because okay. it got okay. cold. <laughs> Damn. Of the no, day. but that's incredible intel. Yeah. I did not know that. I knew the dick part. That's sort right. of a I believe he was frame. famous for the line of like, I'll pull out just enough to beat you. Like Whoa. people would ask him. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, hey, man, you know, uh, all coming up in my book, uh, Great Penises of History's Best. <laughs> well, wow. that's, that's a bummer because, like, that just, his big dick thing is him stealing my joke. jokes on the podcast. <laughs> so that's good pickle. Hey. Uh, What's the deal? So stupid. That? <laughs> so dumb. Go, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Milton Berle, you guys. Wow. I remember. Oh, oh someone's getting a. Oh, Ahmed Zappa's calling. Oh, wow. Richard Chilting. <laughs> we'll keep this in. Hey, guys, stop talking about Milton Berle. He still has a phone this time. <laughs> Information. Uh, so, yeah. Podcast hotline. Yeah, taking, are we taking callers? <laughs> yes. Hey, do you know any good murder podcasts? <laughs> I don't Zappa think there's. 2314. How can I direct your call? <laughs> Information. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, the thing I um, all right, so I have an older brother, Kevin, who's ten years older than me, and I'm forty six. Mm-hmm. So I remember metal happening. Too old for Miller Lite commercials. I am so too sorry. old for I'm uh, sorry. for all no. of uh, Miller Lite Domino's Pizza. <laughs> I am now. I went from delivery guy to uh, befuddled dad. Did we order this pineapple? What? Honey, uh, I dropped it. Hopefully, we took out that pizza insurance that I declined last time. What is wrong with the world where fucking pizza insurance is something we all? No one's before. Wait, 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 what am, what am I not knowing? One. What's pizza insurance? This is what Domino's is selling now. What? You can buy pizza insurance in wait. case you drop your pie on the way home. We'll bring you another one. Yeah. Seamus, am I getting this correct? You're, you got it exactly correct. The fucking deductible is a breadstick, though, so you got to pay for the first right, breadstick. At least that's the fairest part of this whole nice. paradigm. Right. A p- pizza insurance. You're right. Because, you know, how, how often does that happen? Is that the new campaign? Have you auditioned for Domino's pizza? Yeah, no, and that's bullshit. Like, yeah, I love insurance. You'd, you'd and be I'm a great pizza, and you'd be a great befuddled dad. I am Mike Cohen for the, the only, Domino's Insurance <laughs> Actuary Service. The only thing that explains this pizza insurance thing is like some Domino's executive asshole like went to college with some like Allstate insurance asshole, and like the <laughs> two assholes are playing golf, and they're like, "How do we, Dave?" Here's my idea. Right. <laughs> our, parents, <laughs> our wives like each other. Why don't we get to spend more time with each other? I tell you what, I'll write up a memo and we'll underwrite your pizzas. I think we got ourselves a million dollars. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. Are we insane? Pizza insurance? Hold on. I was walking up to this meeting with a macchiato and I spilled it on the way. And now I'm left with no macchiato. If I had insurance for a macchiato, I would have a macchiato right now. Hold on. Peas and carrots. 
Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to get some pizza insurance. It looks. Have like. you, you you've auditioned for Domino's, haven't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Terribly, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see it, and you're like, Ah, fuck. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what they wanted. Isn't that the that is the worst thing when you right. do see when you see the Geico spot? Right. Yeah. That all you had to do was just have a blank stare and push a lawnmower. Right. But somehow you put a little bit too much mustard on that in the right. audition at 200 South La Brea. Like Rupert Pupkin in your... <laughs> right. I just like seeing commercials spot. where the guy who got it wasn't the fucking guy running the audition. That's, no. that's, that's like whenever that actually happens, I'm like, hey, it went to a human being. Right. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna bring it. Wait, oh, let's bring it back. Bring it back to Rat. Oh, bring it back. Rat Hat continued success with their second LP. This is 1985's Invasion of Your Privacy, which featured <laughs> pop metal classics. Play it down. And you're in love. This is you're in love. Rat is now touring the states. Mostly because the round and round video just made them big stars. They're they're touring the states and they're going around the globe as headliners and enjoying the metal life. How'd that turn out? <laughs> well, we'll find out in a little bit before the podcast is over. But in the mid in the mid eighties, they they had a nice little run. They had a nice little run as one of the preeminent cheese metal bands from Los Angeles. The girls in my hometown loved metal. Like, Where are you from? Dedham, Massachusetts. Uh, about a half hour outside the city of Boston. Is that west of uh, Boston? Uh, it's like, I don't know, south He's drawing a map on the table. Like okay. south, southwest. Okay. I could be getting that wrong. I don't know. It's uh, down Route 9. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Route 9. You, you go down 995. <laughs> uh, or take the Jamaica way. You don't want to get on the highway. Uh, no, we don't call Yeah, you go on the highway. You don't go on the highway. Anyway, take the pike. Um, but that was a metal the town. Girls, the girls loved the metal. The girls loved it. And I was saying earlier, my, my older brother, Kevin, so he's 10 years older than me, and punk was his thing. So it was like Springsteen, The Clash, yep. uh, The Jam, yep. like The Who. The, so those right. are the That's bands me. that like, I would just look up to That's because me. my older brother liked them. Right. And I remember when Michael Jackson came out, like it was it was a tsunami that like you couldn't avoid if you were a kid. No. You just had to like, no. like, the force was too strong to say no to. Right. right. And then my brother, Kevin, came home from college and, and I had Thriller and he was like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> now, granted, in my later years now, I'm like, oh, this, you know, taking aside the sexual improprieties. Uh, the music we is didn't amazing. Know. We, we, we didn't we, know. We had no idea. We didn't know. So, we had, and, we but, had, and we put up with it. We put up with it. Um, He's got two little friends at a movie premiere. That's just not cute. It's adorable. Brooke Shields was there. That This is a long way of me saying that the girls in my grade, though, loved Rat. Uh, Molly Crew. Uh, crew. I remember the, the, the reason bon I Jovi. didn't know Motley Crew is because of the girls in the sixth grade with their... Way ahead of the curve. Wow. Uh, the, yeah. with the Devil. Shout the Devil Tour was 84? 1983. Shout out the Devil. Yeah, Shout the Devil. And I was mm-hmm. like, Mary D. Gregorio, why do you like this band? You're so pretty. <laughs> she was the hottest girl. Mary D. Gregorio is Mary, wicked pissed. Meredith D. Gregorio. Uh, Mary, if you're listening. Uh, D. Gregorio is such uh, a great it's like, Massachusetts Italian name. There's, tw- yep. there's 28 letters in her name, and like 27 of them are fucking vowels. It's right. awesome. <laughs> but to be the prettiest girl in school and have the first name be Mary? Like, yeah. there's no, like, there are a shitload of Kathy's and Sarah's and Megan's. Like, right. that, there's buses of them in Boston. Right. There's like one Mary. I hope she's doing all right. I do too. Yeah. But uh, the, 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 the Italian name that starts with like, uh, to the many syllables, but like the capital D, small I, and then another D, name. D. Pasquale. Right. D'Agostino. D. Genovo. 
Oh yeah, we had why? Because I was born I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Pittsburgh is primarily Italian and Irish mm-hmm. yep. with a little German, of course. Then yep. all the mill sort of you know all the immigrants that came over the Polish and the Czechs and the right. Yugoslavs to work in the mill, but Italian and Irish. So every other kid in my class, there was Jerry Pasquale, there's Colleen O'Connor, yeah, and everything in between. It's Catholics who can tan and Catholics who can't. <laughs> I'm, on the ca- I'm on the side of the Catholics who cannot tan. I just oh, burn. Sorry. I just walk Same out way. in the sun and just burn. I'm half Polish, even no though shit. I have, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Even with a name like Seamus McCarthy, exactly. Got- and if, nice. so, if you guess, that means the dad was Irish. So uh, your mom is Polish. Your mom is Polish. Polish, though. Like, like uh, I'm on that side. I'm the first one born uh, in the states, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your mom has a one. I, I have met your mother, and your yes. mother has a wonderful accent. It's very, it's very uh, intraceable. You can't figure out. It's a, it's there's a yeah, Eurasia. So you would you couldn't listen to your mother and say, "Oh, you're you're Polish." You would think you'd think, "Oh, you." We're born in Sweden, but then you went to Iceland for private school to then go to. <laughs> then, then you worked in Connecticut for right. a little bit to then go to Toronto. It's like the makeup of every Bond girl, both, yeah, both good and bad. So like, uh, true or false? Your mother also was a, a featured performer on the Tonight Show. If I am I remembering you, that correctly? You are remembering that correctly. Isn't that so amazing? The um, amazing. I, I forget the the term, but seventy style, seventy style. There, uh, he had a, a bit called the the daytime tea time players or something like that, and he'd be like Fred Yarvin. So yep. he and there would be a, a, a wonderful big blonde woman who would stand next to him and do some bits for his sort of character pieces. And uh, my lovely mother was able to do that for a few years. Amazing. Yeah. That's so wow. Yeah. A lot of great stories. And she, long before the Me Too movement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine what the Tonight Show atmosphere oh. was all about. She actually said all those guys were really great. They Good. had it together. Yeah, like, glad. Johnny was a lot of fun. It ran kind of a tight ship. And, like, it... If she had bad things to say, she would say them. Okay. Right. She did. It's all she did. That's incredible. Yeah. Because I would assume, if you have to guess... Yeah. What's an awful atmosphere? Seventies Tonight Show would just seem to would just seem to be just fucking well, crazy. I, I think all the shows that so were less popular yeah. were awful uh, because if you're at the pinnacle theory. for that many years, mm-hmm. you'd be like, mm-hmm. guys, knock it off. If you want to get fucked up, go to the smokehouse and like <laughs> do your shit there. Right. But like, keep it tight in Burbank because <laughs> we all got to be here tomorrow at nine a.m. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest show in the world. Biggest show in the world. Yes. Biggest show in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know this one? Nope. Slip of the lip. <laughs> Slip of the lip. Sweet wow. God, you guys. Oh my goodness. In 1985, Rat released their third album, Dancing Undercover. Though panned by critics, the album did go platinum and included the hits Body Talk, Dance, and Slip of the Lip. Rat's decline from the top of the Metal Mountain began with the releases of their next couple albums after this. 1986's uh, Reach for the Sky and 1990's Detonator. Both... 90. Which, oh, 1990. Both which would um, receive lukewarm responses with a changing music market. And in classic metal fashion, and due to its growing problems with addiction... Robin Crosby left the band in 1991. Rat began to dissemble in the late 80s, early 90s. And I could, and Nirvana's about to come in and just right. just, just, destroy. just destroy in like an 
every cheese metal band in an e- afternoon. Every just in one in oh, one day. It's a tsunami coming. Yeah, the tsunami's coming. I could hear, and this was from their third album. This little yeah, this clip. Slip of the lip. I could hear this being their third album. I could hear how the first two albums, all the songs, just went between E and A minor. Oh wow! But in Music this theory. one, yeah. But in this one, I could hear. That instead it went from A to E minor, wow. and that's like the evolution of their power chord. Like, because these guys they they knew four chords, but they only played three of them. Like, that's the art. Did you feel the the metal scene in Los Angeles? Did you, I did. did. Were you did you ever like go down on the Sunset Strip back in the late eighties? I did. Oh, I did. Were you Be there in like, real time? Is yeah. bananas. I a, a couple cool things like. Number one, when you're young, you know, of course, it's like the outsiders. Everything's you're either the new wave right. K rock kid or you're the metal, the knack. right? Or you're K and A C, K and A C. No, the band knack. Oh, the knack. knack. My Sharona. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was oh, when I was 19 years old, uh, I had a fake. I because I went back and forth between my dad in Chicago and my mom out here. My move back then was to get a shitty fake ID from Illinois nice. right, and use that here in California. Fantastic. Like no one Good move. Smart, smart, smart. And smart. then get a shitty fake California ID to move, use when Genius. I went. So, uh, so when I was 19 years old, Coconut Teaser. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Crescent Heights yeah. and Sunset. Crescent Heights Crescent and, Heights and, and Sunset. They, I got just a taste of that one. Oh, there, my yeah. God. They had a deal on Sundays where there would be steamed hot dogs and bun and like a keg of beer and like a $5 cover charge got you into this. And I got to sit next to a not yet sober Duff McKagan. Oh, oh, oh for oh, a buddy. hot dog for a, on the fucking <laughs> Sunday night keg beer hot dog. Now is Guns N' Roses huge at this point? They were just becoming huge. So, okay. Wow. So this yeah. is 89. This is 89. So Duff was just hanging out at the coconut teaser watching me. Couldn't have been sweeter. Like yeah, guys really. would come up, but dude, I dig you. And he's like, Oh really? Like he was really gracious and cool. And that's when I, so me and my buddies back then, like I had a damned t-shirt nice. right. and I was into like he, weird. He's a punk dude. Uh, yeah, no, and I'm I was sorry. into weird like uh, uh, K Rock, like fringe K Rock stuff. Like, oh god, Rodney Spanned. Show, Rodney Show, and, like you know, weird, you know, like of course the Cure and all that. But like this one band called Ho Hokum. <laughs> <laughs> so like I was in like deep cuts. I, yeah, so like I was a K Rock kid, but I had it in me to be like, I'm gonna go fringe K Rock. Right, like wow. I'm going dusty. Ho Hokum, Ho Hokum, playing playing at the country club in Reseda. Oh, yeah. With Fucking two Yamaha oh, DX7 keyboards and fucking <laughs> press play and then make sure your mascara doesn't. I, I don't want to turn into old man nostalgia right now, but okay. like to imagine that there was a time in Los Angeles that you could go to a club on Sunset yeah. for five bucks. Yeah, it's insane. To, and have like you can't park. And there, there was you can't some, park for five bucks. It, no. It's like a house party, right? But I we when I moved to Hollywood in 1990 and we had my friends and I had a house on near. Fountain in Fairfax. So uh, back then in 1990, the coconut teaser. This, this was like yeah, we were one year distance. apart. Okay, so the coconut teaser also had a, a free happy hour buffet wow. of shitty food, hot yeah. dogs, tacos, right. 20, right. just shit, like right. fried shit. But it was free. Yeah. Oh my god. And so we would just go there to hang out and eat free, sh- crappy <laughs> coconut teaser food and the Acapulcos. On Sunset and La Brea, basically did the same thing. Yeah. They didn't have bands, right. but they had like a free Tacos, happy man. hour buffet. Yeah, there. 
and I'm just reminded one really great, like early eighties metal story. So there was, you know, everyone was in their factions. It was, you were metal, you were this, you were that, whatever. But there was one sort of great, like breaking of the dam kind of thing, which is the metal clubs, which I wasn't really into, but I, you end up going once in a while. Yeah. It like the DJ at the metal club, if there wasn't bands, they'd just be playing music. But at one point in the night, they would always play NWA's Fuck the Police, and all the metal guys would be like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're friends with, like, we agree. We can, you know, it's <laughs> like, we you know. That. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was like the, this great sort of blurring of the borders was Well, that, that music is also about to obliterate the yeah. Sunset Strip as well. Because Gazaris turned into the Key Club, Gazzari's, which was Gazaris was a famous, a legendary metal club on the Sunset yeah. Strip. That became the Key Club, and the Key Club was predominantly hip hop. Wow! Like hip hop, compl- as Nirvana right. destroyed metal, hip hop also destroyed the LA cheese metal scene in the early '90s. But just listening to the last song <laughs> that you played from Rat, slip of the lip, slip, slip of the of lip. The lip. <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, I can't believe this music lasted that long. Like to, to that that was from their third record. Yeah, like the fact that by the th- that just sounds like whatever was on the first record. There seems to be no. Oh, they had a formula. Once, I, as I've said before, right. once you find your formula, yeah. you can't fuck it up. Like the, once you know what you do well, yeah, like you have to stick to that as a metal band. Was, you can't evolve. Did Milton Berle come back to any of the videos? Like in the second and third? I think he did a, a did, video in the, in the on one. the second on yeah. the wow. second record. So there's like a, 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 a ring cycle. There's yeah. like a trilogy. That's awesome. <laughs> Ooh. Is this Nobody Rides for Free? Yeah, this is Nobody Rides for Free. Okay. They kept recording. From what year is this? This is 1991. 91? Yeah, so they kept recording. This is Nobody Rides for Free, which appeared on the Point Break soundtrack album. (laughs) Oh, no. This haunted house rock. Point Break. So, 91. So, Nirvana is now... Has now arrived, and this is what you're trying to pull off Flea as a metal band. And and Anthony Kiedis were in Point Break as surfers. Am I right about that? Or I, I I've never seen that. Point Break. It's a masterpiece. Yes. Is it? Should I, I see I, Point I, Break? You should see you Point should Break. See it. Yes. Oh my God! You haven't seen it? No, because when Point Break came out, I was so fully immersed in the basically the scene around Nirvana because that was right. my music. Yeah. Okay. That I only cared about going to see live music. Like I, okay. mu, mu, I was lost. I think I only saw Reservoir Dogs in the early '90s. Like the the early '90s yep. for me are kind of like a blur. How many concerts would you even estimate that you've been to? Jesus, I, I think close to a thousand. Wow. Yeah, but there were there, there were years. Yeah. Even yeah. in high school, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I went to every single show. My mother was really strict. Yeah. I had to keep my grades up, but as long as I kept my grades up, I was allowed to go to see everything. And if you're in so, Albuquerque, though, and, not, and every, no but everyone comes, Rush, ACDC, Ozzy, Dio, Van Halen, they came every year. How? Wow. All right, because I've when you're you driving from Texas to Los Angeles, you that's squeeze the stop. A gig in. You stop. You stop yeah. in Albuquerque, and you stop in Phoenix, and then you're you're in Southern California. Wow. They they all came to Albuquerque. Not the giant bands like the Stones or the Who. 
Right, but, but you can the, the, travel to Tempe or or Arizona Denver, or something. Denver, which right. which we did. I saw Bruce Springsteen in Denver. We wow. drove from. How did you square that the, though? Because music at that time and even now is so tribal, right? If yeah. you're if you are right. you know punk guy, you're not metal guy. So how do you like Dio and Nirvana in real time? Well, for, in the math in my head, I think that the age that I'm at, there was a real simple um, transition. So I'm in seventh grade when Back in Black comes out. So that puts me perfectly in the wheelhouse for ACDC, Rush, Van Halen, Ozzy, Blizzard of Oz album. I'm still young. Uh, Dio. I love Rainbow when Dio was in Rainbow. I love solo Dio. I love Black Sabbath. They were so metal. I love all that stuff. But MTV, as we said, I'm also watching MTV, so I'm seeing Clash videos. I'm seeing the damn videos. I'm seeing the jam. And I'm and I'm liking it, but there's a noise factor. There's for me, there's like a, it's almost like a frequency or a vibe. So there's not too much difference for me between Motorhead and the Damned. Like it all right, makes sense right. in my brain. And so by the time punk rock, the the wave of punk rock that becomes Nirvana, like the replacements, Husker Du, Sonic Youth, right. the Pixies, I'm yeah, sort of the yeah, perfect yeah. age to realize that I can't do songs about dragons and kings and riding a dragon but also and licking slaying it up. the wastelands and it will forget lick it up but but kiss you know i was a huge kiss right. fan when i was but in, that was like so, a whole thing too so it was like the D D rock yeah but then there was also like the sex rock of like, i didn't like the sex rock right so it's like motley because i'm irish catholic poison. so sex rock was really confusing to me right you and, know what they need they need to do like a 23 and me dna test but instead of like nationalities it's like what kind of fucking bands are you Right. Like oh, you're like it all made sense for me. Right. There was yeah. just sort of like a it was a vibe factor, um, and and so I could listen to Iron Maiden and I could listen to Replacements in the same sitting. It just somehow oh, it just made sense I to me. Kind of see. I mean, there's a cartoonishness only in, in there, but it's fun, and, right? It's yeah. just it's just pure fun. But I, like if you like the Replacements, yes, I dressed. You must, I dressed. Like the replacement. That's how much I love. Which the is a super easy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yes. Right. Chuck Taylor's <laughs> jeans, right? And, hey and guys, and do, do I look good in this white T-shirt or do I look good in this white T-shirt? <laughs> right? Oh no, wear the white T-shirt. Oh, okay, thanks. Damn. It just made sense in my brain, in my my weird autistic brain. Like it all, like or the, artistic. And I and I <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take that compliment. But because I did all those scenes hard. Yeah, and I remember when metal. I remember when metal started getting cheesy. That's when I left it. I left metal really in like 1985, and I went full on college rock. I will blame Mr. Big. I think that's the focal point of metal. Was like, oh, guys, we're done. Well, I blame Motley Crue's "Home Sweet Home." For me, that's when things went off the rails, and I also blame Van Halen's "Jump," and because I've said this many times. I fucking love Van Halen. I saw Van Halen on the Women Children Tour, on the uh, on the uh, Diver Down, on Fair Warning, like at the peak of their powers. Their creds are real. But when they when they released Jump, that opened the doors for all the jocks to come and oh, Van Halen did, and it just fucking it just ruined the Hannah whole deal. A serious question for you: Were you troubled by the use of the synthesizer? <laughs> Huge. Well, hugely because like, it, it didn't. It didn't sound like Van Halen. Okay. It it was like it sounded like a car commercial. Right. And, and then a, a, a related question: the opening piano in Home Sweet Home, even though it's like 
That whole song made no sense to me because Motley Crue was cool when they were satanic. Right. And this was like this weird... I have to say, though, go. being a kid who never liked that music... When that video came on, and I, I was a young... Uh, when Home Sweet Home came home, on. And the, the, the scene of the girl having her taking her top off blew me away. <laughs> like, I didn't fucking understand the power of a woman weaponizing her sexuality yeah. in her own choice. And, yeah. like, being an agent of her own sexuality, I was fucking not well. I'm like, what's real yeah. What's happening? Yeah. For, and, yeah. When yeah. you're a little dude, that, that that's that's a big moment in a video. Right. Too. And a girl just being like powerful and sexual and hot. And at the same time like, as Phoebe as Phoebe Cates coming out of that coming pool. Coming out of the pool. Oh, which Jesus. you know defined our childhood. That was a moment where you were like, Am I a boy or am I a man? Can I handle this? I could I could not handle it. Yeah. I I struggle it's today. A, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up with oh. Some facts about rap. They they did they did power on. Oh. They did power on. They tried. They powered on through the nineties. They had a lot of lineup changes. They had a lot of people quit the band. A lot of people leave the band. It gets sad, doesn't it? Their original name was Mickey Rat. In 2001, former guitarist Robin Crosby publicly announced that he was HIV positive. He died. On June 6, 2002, from a heroin overdose. Oh, he was 42 years old. Robin Crosby, the blonde guitarist. To date, Rat has probably sold around 18 million records worldwide, nearly wow. all on the strength of their first few 80s releases. Along with such uh, uh, friendly rivals, Motley Crue, Rat has been recognized as instrumental in the formation of the early 1980s Los Angeles glam scene also known as hair metal or pop metal, which was their blessing and their curse. And the thing that gets them to still be able to play the Candy Club in Agora Hills every once in a while. And they still got the same lead singer, right? Stephen Well, (laughs) Rat in the current days goes through a constant um, juggling of lineup. Does Milton Berle still come out and introduce (laughs) them live? (laughs) I think he does. Ladies and gentlemen... Grab your tits and welcome to the stage, my dick. Purse your lips and grab your tits. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cannon Club. When did Uncle Milty leave us? I don't remember. Uh, 90s? I just saw him down at the farmer's market on Larchmont. (laughs) He's a different dude, man. No, he was getting... I think he was a different guy. Lady, (laughs) I need some kombucha and the avocados (laughs) and your tits. Can you imagine? Oh, he, thank you. 2002. He was 93 in 2002. Uncle Milty. Yeah. Wait, how we old? still don't know exactly He was why 93, he was... but his dick was 141. <laughs> <laughs> Open up the Anubis gates. Uncle Milty is coming to party. That's, that's someone who would, would not have survived the Me Too era. Can God, you imagine no. Uncle Milty? Oh, Jesus, please. <sighs> Let me ask a question. Uh, 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 d- the dudes in Rat now yeah. are in their sixties. Is that right? L- well, a good question. I would say late fifties, early sixties, probably around sixty, sixty-one. Yeah, you're right. So, because they're in their they're in their early twenties in nineteen eighty-three. Right. Just yeah. Like, 
Here's the here's why metal was no. Oh, they left. try. Oh, so because many bands. There still was try. no sense of humor. Those right. dudes had no sense of humor True. about themselves. True. And and if you can laugh at yourself a little bit, I think you can hang around. Well, it, I have, and had, it's what saved John Bon Jovi, I believe. It, metal guys of that genre of the glam genre, they don't age well either. Nope. And a lot of them have had facial work. So if you're ever around, no. like if you're ever around the guys in Kiss, or if you're ever around the guys in Dawkins, or you're ever around the guys in Motley Crue, they look weird. Yes, they do. They don't look like humans. No, no. And a lot of them have like giant heads that are all and and faces that are they. The, some of them have the fish cat face. The Beverly Hills plastic surgery uh, face. WXO. Uh, and then when you when you add a dad bod to that and right. you're still dressing in the in the weird the weird leather and the leather trench coats and the and the I don't know if we have time for this story. Well, well, we do. Okay, so when I first moved out here in the year two thousand, I didn't know where to go, but I just read uh, an article in uh, Rolling Stone before I moved out that Axel had popped up at um, the cat club. Uh, Slim Jim Phantom from the Stray That's right. Cats. He, right. he had a club. Ricky Rackman's cat club. Wow. Is that what it was? Yes, it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, Axel popped up. It's Tuesday. I don't know a soul in here. I'm going to go. So I go, I grab a couple beers, and there was a Thursday night, they had this band called Starfuckers, which was Slim's <laughs> band. He would play drums, and his buddies would just play, and it was covers all night. It was fucking awesome. They would wow. do like um, uh, Dead Flowers from the Stones. They would wow. do uh, Faces songs. Great. So um, I'm having a beer, chatting with the, the bartender. He's a nice guy, and he's like, hey, man, come in next Thursday. Come in a week from tonight. There's going to be someone super awesome here. He's going to sit in and play. Come by. So I come by next week at like 9 o'clock. And again, he's like, hey, sit here. I'm sitting there. And they start. And within the first song, it's a tiny club. Doors open up and Slash walks in. And this is in the whoa. year 2000. Oh, nice. Wow. Whoa. So Slash walks in. Whoa, and this whoa. bar is like shaped like a shoebox. And I am like a person away from Slash. Whoa. And they, they go up and down the catalog. They don't play any Guns N' Roses songs. They play like Stones, The Faces, Bad Company, like the Beatles tunes. Great night. So, but what I noticed were the heavy metal hangover dudes in the year 2000, still with the, the leopard print pants, yep. but now with a gut hanging over yep. it. Uh, um, yep. The long, teased out hair, yep. receding hairline. Yep. Like strong, receding hairline. They don't age well. They don't air. But what I did love is like, I, I don't know, whatever song Slash was playing, he's going up and down the fretboard like crazy Slash style guitar solo. The do everyone's looking up at the band, right? You're watching the guys. There are three dudes who are just staring at Slash's hands go up and down the guitar. And I was like, all right, man, say what you want. These dudes love what they're watching. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't... That's I don't, a great That's a great LA uh, event for you to go It to. was super awesome. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's, this, a, that's a really good I one. love living here. I'm like here for three weeks and our, this is my third week. Our mutual friend, Adrian Winter, was mm-hmm. in the Jersey Mike's on the intersection of Camarillo, Vineland, and Lancashire okay. not too long ago. Dangerous and he music. sent me a text of Slash and his son ordering subs from Jersey Mike's. Okay. And every no one no one bothered him in line. There was a ton of people in line, but the guy behind the counter said, "Hey man, thanks for everything." And wow. Slash was very gracious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't there, know what he ordered. Don't there, know if he got a number two or a number six or a number seven. There is a podcast in the works now of just um, retail experiences <laughs> with celebrities <laughs> that I think we can do. Well, I, I worked at Tower Records uh, in Westwood and on Sunset for four months in 1990. How and, much did uh, you steal? Uh, a lot. I would. I would. Uh, no. Oh my God. A lot. Well, back then, back then, all the CDs came in yeah. uh, the cardboard boxes. Right. right so, right, right. and and we we had this thing at Tower Records where you would, if Seamus, if yeah. you came to the counter and you put on, so I would say, would you like to recycle those, sir? Yes, I would. Okay. And so you'd rip oh. them and you would just hand them the plastic, the the CD, the jewel box. Well, we would do that for ourselves. 
Yep. We would just sit there and just and just fill a bag. And then what I would do is I would have my roommates come to the thing, hand them a um, an ID for their bag, right? And then just hand them the bag when they were walking out the door. Genius. Yeah. The the security guy <laughs> said to me, <laughs> "Hey, if you're going to take the Led Zeppelin box set that's out, get me one." I bought that box set. There was a CD store next to the whiskey in the very early '90s, and Everything that they sold there was from the tower employees, <laughs> wow. and the because ta- the guys who worked in receiving would take they would take full boxes of CDs and throw them out the window into a dumpster behind yeah. a tower, and then go back at night and just take them and then sell those around town. To and all so those little the CDs, CD stores, the CDs would just go from one store to the next, so yeah. one could say the CDs just went round and round. <laughs> Oh, nice. I you brought it back. You nice. brought it back. You brought nice. it back. Gentlemen, did we, circle. did we learn anything today? Did we learn anything today? Um, I learned a great deal. I learned that it's okay to be metal and college rock <laughs> and right. hip hop and K-rock. Ho-ho-com. That's a better way to be. Yeah. I, learned that, I learned that you, 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 you really can only be a dad in your 40s on commercials. Yeah. You, you can't be at a party. You could be throwing a party for your kids. You could be dropping your kid off at a party. You could be dropping your kid off at a party in a brand new Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned that uh, L.A. at one point was a real uh, neighborhoody kind of town. Yeah. Well, there was some free uh, happy hour food yeah. mm-hmm. if you knew where to go. Where to go. If you knew where to go. Well, I want to thank both of you guys for coming in. It has and, been a pleasure and an honor, and uh, and hopefully this will hopefully this will will turn out good. Thanks so much, buddy. Oh. This is great. Oh, Rich is playing us out with another. <laughs> with oh, another, is this a ballad? With another? No, no. It's going to kick in in a second. Let's just kick back and listen to a little bit more rats. Oh, wait a minute! I think we're listening to some rat and roll. 